Hello everyone and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers, our first full normal episode of 2024. Uh, this is not a special. There are going to be no kids. This is a kid-free zone for this one. If you're listening with the kids, note the special branding of the kids special is not on the artwork, so be careful. Crofton's probably going to drop a swear or say something inappropriate but uh, i am your host ryan this week and joining me yes of course is crofton crofton how were your holidays hey happy new year ryan happy new year dungeons and diapers listeners i mean i bet some of them were nervous or like it's a new year crofton maybe he's gone on to some big money podcast contract or something you know hot commodity in the podcast circuit will he be back this year for Dungeons and Diapers. And, you know, you really held people's attention for quite some time there. But I am there to make, to tell you and to tell them, to reassure you that I am I am back, baby. Another year of D&D. That's right. Signed on the dotted line. He's back. I get paid all of zero dollars. Now, uh, to answer your question, Ryan, my holidays were pretty good. I actually took some good time to kind of rest and relax. The weather was horrible, and I know that's such a Canadian thing to start with the weather, but it's just like we because of climate change, we, we have like kind of much less snow. Snow cut arrives later, lots of like rain, gray skies. It's like everything I hated about November is now over to the Christmas spirit season. Um, but uh, but yeah, got to see a lot of people, uh, like a, a lot of friends and family, but still had a pretty chill Christmas, lots of fun gifts. Kids had a really good time. So in the end, it was good. Like I had a good, good time. Glad to be to be back, though. How about you? Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, we found we found the moments. We found the the moments where we could uh, we could enjoy the holidays. Uh, I was uh, for the you know. It's interesting. Um, not since the beginning of COVID did I have to like. Did we have to like skip some family, family gatherings? But I actually, uh, Pink Eye was moving through the family, and I had it like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So I was home Christmas Eve prepping some last minute gifts while my family went to dinner at Ashley's parents. Um, and then Christmas Day, instead of having dinner again at Ashley's parents. Uh, Ashley went out there, grabbed leftover, grabbed part of our dinner and brought it home. And we had like a, a turkey, turkey dinner at home. Um, it was, you know, but like I said, like we found those moments of, uh, relaxation as well as just family moments to enjoy the holidays. Like, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, weather as well was a bit crummy. Like I felt like there was like no sun all the whole week of the holidays, it was, it was really not great. Like usually we would go sledding, but um, honestly, like we, we still had a lot of fun. You know, uh, you heard it in the podcast there. We released a kid's special last week where, um, you know, maybe you skipped the first 15 minutes of chaos, but uh, the kids were super excited to be on the podcast. They were constantly talking about it. Abigail got a, um, a little microphone from her, uh, from her grandmother or her aunt, I can't remember. There's that like flurry of opening gifts, like at the various family gatherings, where like you're trying to pay attention to who got what and from whom, and you're just like, it's just chaos. But 
she got it from someone from those folks at, at that place. And uh, she's like dead set on like hooking that thing up to her tablet and recording podcasts. Like I, I, th- I think, uh, I think she's hooked. So that's hilarious. Cause Clara also got a microphone. It's like this Bluetooth karaoke. Yeah. It's the same thing. That sounds exactly like what we got. Yeah. And all she wants, like, all she wants to do is sing, let it go and stuff like sure. that. Like she's a, I love how your daughter is like, you know what? Now I can start that podcast I've been working on. <laughs> You know, yeah. like, it seems uh, that that is not the first uh, first thing that I would have thought a kid would use the podcast for. But kudos to her. She has good role models. Yeah, it was uh, like so today, uh, actually, I spent a good chunk of time. Um, it's got like an SD card slot on the bottom. So I, I spent some time like putting songs on a, on a micro SD and putting putting it in uh, to the microphone for her and showing her how it works. And it's now it's like you know, Peaches, Let It Go, and uh, ACDC's Thunderstruck playing on repeat. So uh, <laughs> it, it's going to be interesting. But the, the, we all had a really, you know, good Christmas, you know, uh, and uh, lots of fun was had. Lots of family gatherings were had. You always, like, at the end of it, you're like, what can you, what can you, you, you know, scale back a little bit, have a little bit more time for yourself? But um we kind of we had like one week with the kids and then we had one week with the two oldest uh, at their grandparents so it was a relaxing time like we had a good time there's always that scale back conversation and it doesn't always. matter what it is it's like gifts oh next year we got to get go less hard on gifts or oh next year we've got to be like less visits you you always see these like say these things and then it's like you repeat some variant of the the year before Look, I'm not casting blame in my household, but my wife very much gets caught up in the Christmas spirit, in the um, in the, and she does so much for it in the weeks ahead. But then she hits a point where she kind of like burns out on it just before Christmas happens, and she says like, "Oh, remind me next year not to do X, Y, or Z." But I know the following you know year she will want to do X, Y, and Z. Like it's just. At that moment, she's done. You know, she's tapped. But, uh, yeah. but yeah. So I, anyway, it's yeah. I I hear that. Sounds sounds good. And uh, listeners have been sharing some of their experiences in the Dungeons and Diapers Discord, which is always fun to see. But Ryan, it's a new year, and I wanted to spice it up a bit. Come okay. up with some. Come up with something uh, that we haven't done before. And so I'm going to like, I'm going to surprise you with it. What I was thinking is that, and I've heard these, these podcasts that that they do things like predictions for the year and, and bets and stuff like that. And I thought that sounds interesting. That's interesting stuff. But what I would really like to do is a challenge. Uh, And so I think that uh, this would be, a good year to do a Dungeons and Diapers challenge. Whereas I challenge you, Ryan Murphy, to do something. And uh-huh. you, Ryan Murphy, challenge me to do something. And now, here's the thing. I've had time to think about this, so I True. obviously have, have some stuff. So I figured this week episode, 
we can talk about what I would challenge you to do. And then you can think about, you get a sense of what type of challenge I'm talking about. Cause we're not trying to make each other uncomfortable here. Like these are, these are like light challenges that would be kind of, maybe kind of hard, maybe not super enjoyable or whatever for the other, uh, for the other person. But if they can do them, you know, they can uh, maybe score some points. And I was thinking about how we could tally these points and stuff for different things, different ones of these challenges. But what I thought, Ryan, was that I could present to you three challenges of which you select one that you want to take off. And then I have to challenge you. I pick one of the two others to challenge you with. So I get, I get a veto is what you're saying. You get one of one of the three can get vetoed. Okay. What do you think? I mean, it sounds interesting. I mean, like, it's funny because given you're so, scared, I can tell. I know you can you, tell because I don't like confront. I don't like surprises. I like confrontation. Like, I trust Crofton. I don't. I would think that. Look, there's two opportunities here. Uh-huh. One, there's two reasonable challenges, and one's like just you know do something that no one would ever want to do, uh, or they're all kind of. A somewhat uncomfortable and i'm i'm not really sure what i'm what i'm walking into but none of them are un- i don't think any of them are well one of them i could i could be like for me it would be uncomfortable well there you but, go uh, but for you you would it won't be um oh, perfect but uh but yeah so and, and like again these are so i am going to and you know part of me wants the listeners to to weigh in maybe sure. they could weigh in on, on the two last ones after you veto although I, yeah, I don't know. I was kind of hoping to get out of this episode with your challenge set. Let's hear them and, and, and then we'll go for, look, I knew something was up because a Crofton said something was up in the discord, like in our, in our chat, but also he was in the notes and he was actually, he's still in the notes. Maybe that's a new year's resolution for him is that he's going to use the notes. I mean, just like everything else, it'll be two weeks and done. I'll give you an example. That could be your challenge for me. Like oh. it could, it could be. I challenge you to use the notes or to update the notes by whatever all year or whatever. And I'd be like, I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds annoying, but it also sounds easy, so I could take that. That challenge. is quite easy. I mean, honestly, it's I do I do the hard work. So I mean, yeah, I whatever. I'm like, it depends. None of them are hard per se. It's just a matter of like, okay, do them. Well, not. everyone at home is tuned out now, but like, let's let's uh, no, let's do no. these challenges. There, are you kidding me? They're after <laughs> after our blah 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 about what we did on Christmas. They're on pins and needles uh, to figure out what these three challenges are. I'm on what, pins and needles. Like, what, I, I, okay, yeah, let's hear it. All right. So <laughs> it sounds like chal- you're struggling. <laughs> well, I'm not ch- struggling. I know that's what they a, are. Oh, that's true. Now, now, so, so, I just before I tell you what they are, because I'm oh, melting this as long as possible. But my my family, when I told them about this, okay, were yeah, like, what do they think? Well, they think that I should try to get you to finish stuff because you always want to get back to it. That I talk about you oh. getting back to it, and I said, you know, that I their their heart is in the right place. That makes sense to me. However, Ryan uh, has been getting better. At getting back to it you know uh he's still he's further in Baldur's Gate 3 than I think I am you know like he's doing he's he's you know he he's he's trying to trying to finish these things out I I think that like that would have been a wasted challenge for me like what would I have said like get go back to and finish a couple of games or pick a game I mean you're I was you're, gonna you're, suggest a, a specific game but I'm not I'm not gonna do it <laughs> 
No, I mean, like I, we also talked with the family about about you getting the opportunity to throw in a challenge for yourself, but. I don't know if I like that, to be honest. Uh, I, it's just you, you're going to be like, oh, I like, I want to do this thing, and it's it's going to be some sort of goal of yours, and I, I I don't want that. I want it to be something that I choose, or perhaps the listener. So, uh, so I didn't I didn't do with the go back get back to it challenge. So th- these are the three these are the three things I think. Challenge number one, option sorry, option of challenge number one. Ryan has to consume every Marvel show and movie this year and report back on it on the podcast. Now, that includes all the Sony crap, including Madame Web, Craven, <laughs> um, what do you call it? Venom 3 is coming out this year. Sony is releasing three piece of shit movies this year. <laughs> and you, you would have to – now, you, do you have to go see them in theater? No, not necessarily. No, just you by just, the end of the year. By the end of the year, you would have had to have seen them in their entirety and reported back to them. Not just those three movies. So every single Marvel series and every single episode of those series. So uh, – I would, that was the list I was trying to pull out. So this is what I have so far as listed for 2024. So there's Echo, which just has just been released on uh, Disney+. Plus. Uh, there's Deadpool 3. There's Agatha Darkhold Diaries or Agatha All Along, or it's changed its name like eight times. Uh, there's X-Men 97, which is an animated series follow-up to the X-Men animated series of my youth. There's Your Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, which used to be called Spider-Man Freshman Year, and it's like, I think, another animated series. Not 100% sure on that. There's an Eyes of Wakanda series that is likely for this year as well. So you would have to watch every single episode of those shows that airs this year as as well as all the movies and report back on them. For, For me, I see this as a fairly easy challenge because, I mean... I, my feeling is you would have watched 60% of them without this challenge. And so it's really just like now you're going to watch Madam Web, right? Like, so that's option number one. Any thoughts before I present the other two? I, um, I appreciate that challenge, but I understand like you, you're right. I would watch 60% of that. Uh, and I am already behind because I didn't watch what if I didn't watch echo yet. So what um, if you get a buy on? Well, yeah, because it technically came out last year. But uh, I, I, it's one of those things where it's it's one of the quietest years for the MCU itself, but one of the loudest, probably most obnoxious years for like the uh, the Marvel adjacent universe. Oh no, I know it's the so, most. Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. You. That's why I picked it. Okay, so challenge number two, option number two. Ryan goes the whole year without using the word content. Now, this this is one that I gave some thought on because it's <laughs> it, it it's a it's a crutch word that you use a lot when discussing stuff, and it sets me off because all of this stuff is like you know it's artistic stuff that people have developed, and you're like I'm consuming content, and I'm like aha, I'll make that one of Ryan's challenge options. Now, here's the deal scoring that one will be challenging. So it could be you start with something like 10 points and every time you use the word content, you get dinged a point and then we see where you're at at the end of the year. I will also be scored on my challenge when you come up with options, obviously. Um, And we see 
we see who who makes it out on top. Or it could be that every month, so two episodes of Dungeons and Diapers, if you go two episodes without saying content, you score a point or something like that. I'd have to think it out, but that's one of the options would be Ryan not saying the word content for an entire calendar year on the podcast. So that's option option number two. Challenge number two. Option uh, number three. Ryan has to play and complete Betrayal at Crondor, a 1993 <laughs> PC RPG that, uh, spoiler alert, has not held up. Um, now, you could use a guide and all of that sort of stuff. My wife was like, it's nine chapters. And she was like, just make him play the first three chapters, not all nine. I, I'm open to a compromise on, on this. Uh, like, but I also think that like not having played it for a long time myself, that if you had a guide, there might be a way to cheese this one and make it through the first three chapters ridiculously quickly. I know chapter eight sucks. I remember that from when I was, <laughs> when I was young. So part of me is like, there's nine chapters. Ryan has the whole year to finish it. I mean, should not be a problem. He, he should sure. he, he could do it. There's a lot of reading and that sort of stuff. So, so even though playing a video game and finishing it seems like it would be an easy challenge, I actually think that this that might be the hardest challenge. But well, but I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't want, I don't want to say that for for sure. So so again, to recap, one Ryan watches all the Marvel content and Marvel adjacent content. See, I'm using the word now. Fuck. Um, this year and uh, and gets uh, um, and reports back. Option two: Ryan goes the full calendar year without saying the word content. Option three: Ryan plays all of Betrayal at Crondor from beginning to end and reports back on the show. So, Wh- which one of those are is Ryan Murphy going to veto? I, like. Okay, let me talk through this. I uh, this is another one of those things where you've pointed a thing out that you say I do a lot, but I'm like I don't say that a lot, but maybe I do. So I think I think you say it once to twice an episode. So it shouldn't be. It's not like it. If you said your challenge to me is not to say the word like, which I say all the time, it would be impossible, right? It's a word that is that I say all the time, like in in sentences, in, as a placeholder, as a staller. Uh, uh is another. If you're like you got, you can't say any us, but content is a specific word. It would be yeah. like say it, it'd be like saying to me, you can't use your wife's name for an entire podcast year, another <laughs> uh, an entire year or whatever. It's a word that I'd have to think about saying, but I could easily see myself being lulled into saying it. So I think it's a reasonable challenge and honestly sure. i i hope that that's the challenge you take honestly of the three because it's going to be hilarious for me because when it when it comes up and you say it and i get to ding you and i'll need a buzzer uh because i, I want to be like Bang! and you'll be in the middle of a thought and it will be awesome but um but that's i mean I mean, you think that might be an easy one so you should you i should. don't think it'll be easy i guess it's just i'm not like personally when it comes to people's sort of speech patterns and the way people talk like 
I don't like, you know, mm. poking holes in the in the way. Look, I get it. I think it's. Uh, I'm not saying like. You so know, you're gonna veto that one? I didn't you say, can do I it to me. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just find it like it's not. It's not like I don't know. It's not. Uh, it would be. It would be funny. I guess. Uh, but I think. Look, I guess what I'm trying to say is like. You want to keep using the word content. I want to hold on to the veto because if this is going to be a thing we do throughout the year. So here's the thing. Now that I've heard all three challenges, I don't have a preference. So I think we set up a poll and let listeners choose and we can give them till the next episode to choose. And I'm going to hold on to that veto for what I'm assuming you'll have more challenges to present like you are not just do you're not just doing one or are we doing one for the whole year? oh no like, one for the whole year oh I don't one wanna, for the whole year okay. yeah yeah no no, no. i don't want to be like i don't have the time to be challenged every episode here <laughs> I, i'm just like i no, no 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 it's one challenge and like ryan you do we do we challenge ourselves all the time think yes, about all the think about all the watches we did last year you read you read a zillion books i read like maybe two books um yeah. you know we we you were on cbc though so i mean I you did stand up, but I didn't challenge myself to do that. But I did challenge myself to do stand up comedy, right? So, yeah. like, there, 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 we do that sort of stuff. This is like for giggles challenges where we're trying to mess with the other person a little bit. So, like, I, I wouldn't have made you watch all the Marvel content this year if I thought you were going to enjoy it. Like, the idea here <laughs> is that there's some mega stinkers that I think will, th- that you having to watch will be hilarious. I don't think. Like, even though Bachelor Condor is one of my favorite games of all time, I do not necessarily think that it holds up, nor will you enjoy playing necessarily nine chapters of it, but I do want to make you play it. The word content tees me off every time you say it, but here's the thing. I think it is just going to be more funny watching you replace it throughout the year. So I like that one because it extends throughout the extends throughout the year it won't just be a one episode type thing so i tried to mix up things that might be an episode where like ryan's report like because you could be reporting on this marvel stuff all year uh the <laughs> the betrayal of Crondor stuff would i feel like will be maybe one tops two episodes you come back and the content thing would be a running joke so like i mean it's how you how you want to play it. but if you don't want to veto any of them and you want to throw it to the listeners Although you've already like poisoned the well on one of them, but like if you want to guide them and make a pitch to them, plead to Ooh. them, now is your time. And I would say to you that next episode, you should come with three for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like d- they shouldn't be things that I would enjoy. Like they can be okay. Like these are like, I think you're going to enjoy some of the Marvel stuff. I think you're going to enjoy some of the Betrayal of Condor stuff. I think you're going to laugh at some of the, the, the at, at some of the content stuff. So I think you're going to enjoy it. But uh, it's still, it's supposed to be like that line between being enjoyable and being a little annoying. So, so that's the challenge. You've got to find three, three of those for me. And uh, I'm curious to see. I, you got two weeks, like till our next episode. Uh, I'm now, now, and like maybe we leave it at, at that if you want to. Uh, but again, I still leave that veto on the table. If you want to keep that veto until next week, think about it. Which one? Which one? And, and think about your playing the odds, Ryan. Which one is your most likely to complete? Because you want to succeed in this quest. You don't want to, to to fail you want to get and we will have to work out a score depending on which one we each pick we'll have to work out a scoring structure so that we can grade it at the end of the year and 
I think that we should have some sort of friendly wager. Uh, oh. wh- whoever wins their challenge, uh, whoever is the, uh, the, the challenge winner, uh, I don't know. Like I was going to say, it has to make the other person like play a game or watch a show or something that they wouldn't otherwise. But one of my challenges is doing that. So True. I don't know. I don't know that that's a good one. Uh, but like, we can think about what a, a prize is, you know, it could just be one of us saying on the podcast, acknowledging the greatness of the other one for like a minute straight. Um, you know, that could be sufficient prize. We'll have to talk about it. Yeah. So, okay. So to finalize this, you've got, uh, watch all the Marvel content in the calendar year and Marvel adjacent. Like don't try to pull no, no, any no, sort of like bullshit. No Sony fast one on me. And did I just say content? I think I did. Now I'm self-conscious. Uh, the second That's one is the trick. <laughs> the second one is, uh, Ryan can't say content outside of <laughs> this moment. Oh uh, no. Outside of you, you get a buy. Uh, I can get a, when I'm discussing you get a the buy challenge. this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not only when you're discussing the challenge, but like, but like this episode, like we're not going to settle your challenge until next episode, right? So, yeah, so you're you're not you're not under the rules of the challenge right now. I'm leaving it up to the listeners to choose. We'll we'll do a I'll set up a poll and we'll have the link in the show notes. The third one is Ryan plays the entirety of Betrayal at Condor, which is available on GOG.com for eight bucks as a pack. I'm not going to play Arena, but uh, uh, wait, Betrayal I'm sure Con- that Betrayal at Condor. Yeah, I'm sure. It was free for a while. Like I, I might let me even ch- have it. I have no idea. I'd have to let, look into it. Let me check. I don't want you to spend money on it. I'd buy it for you if you choose that one. Well, um, I'm not going to choose. I and and I I know I have a veto. I'm not too sure. Like I, it's here's the thing. I'm too nice. I feel bad removing one of your challenges because it sounds no, like no, you would no. enjoy all of them. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, that's that's let's leave it let's leave it up to the listeners. Yes. And and uh and we'll see we'll see how it goes. Now, I will say to the listeners before Ryan casts his 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 plea, I will say listeners, before you vote and you're like, "Oh, Ryan's a nice guy. We want to be nice to Ryan." <laughs> I say, "Screw that. Don't yeah, yeah. do that. Vote 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 to, vote to make him uncomfortable. It'll be sure. better for your ears for for the think about the lulls. Um, anyway, uh, that, that's my plea to you now, Ryan, make your plea and we can, we can, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking of the content, right? I'm making sure that the listeners at home are getting solid content delivered to them. And I want them to choose what content they want to hear, uh, throughout the year. And, you know, if you want me to stop saying content, that's fine. I can stop saying content. We can go through that path together as, as, as a listenership (laughs) podcast. So that's one option. If you really want me to stop saying content, we can stop saying content if you want. Um, there's also the Marvel stuff. I feel like this that challenge is prime because it's like it's the easiest because I have access to, you know, the various streaming services that will have those movies eventually. And Sony Garbage goes like immediately to streaming right after. So that's fine. Um, and Betrayal at Condor, like. In terms of content from the 90s on PC, I didn't really play those. So that might be like an interesting sort of experience for me. I've not played a lot of content. Ryan, you're PC taking then. away the fun. So. I want you to be miserable. Um, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> stop it, talking about all the good things. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no. And meanwhile, Ryan is going to yes. think of three challenges 
for me. Uh, and, and and I'm not going to be like, Ryan, if I see one that I'm like, this is garbage, I don't want to do it. I'm going to veto the hell out of that. So listeners, you might only get to choose between two for me, but that'll be next episode. That's true. I feel like Crofton given a veto, he's going to veto something. So I guess like if I think of what I want to veto, I'm going to veto the content one. doesn't sound as fun as the other two. So, um, Yeah. And I will try to say content less. So there you go. So those are the two options. Marvel adjacent content. <laughs> and uh, Betrayal of Condor. Crondor. Okay. Okay. So you're vetoing, you're vetoing the C1. Um, all right. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. He has veto power. So yes. either Ryan plays Betrayal of Crondor, a 1993 PC RPG they didn't have good graphics when it came out, much less now. Uh, but again, I might say as one of my favorite games of all time, although, you know, uh, rose-colored glasses and all. But my friend Bo uh, from the Core Podcast, his handle, Gorath, is pulled yeah. straight from Betrayal of Crondor. Um, so Ryan either is going to play that game in its entirety, report back, or is he's going to watch – Every piece of garbage Marvel con- <laughs> did. And uh and so uh so so you let us know which one that's gonna be. Um and I may have broken Brian's Ryan's brain with regards to content, so that's great. Yeah. But I think he might have also broken my brain, so it kind yeah. of works out. Um that said, Ryan, I would love it if you found if you go combing through the archives and find a word that I say all the time and get in my brain, that would be the best. I would love that. So if you can, good on you. I think one of the challenges I'll tell you I shied away from, just so you Uh know what a nice person I am, um, is that uh, I thought about uh, uh, pool stuff. Oh, right, yeah. mm. because but then I was like Ryan. Ryan doesn't like pools, and so I was like, <laughs> I was like that. That's not a nice thing to do. So I was like, ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna veto all all the the pool stuff. You know, digging up your pool, all of that would have been a lot of pain in the ass. So, so I, I am an, I am a nice person. Yeah, um, I feel like those the two options that are on the table present. Something that that will be interesting uh, for, you know, throughout the year. I know Betrayal at Crondor is one game, but it feeds right into, like, my inability to finish stuff. Especially older stuff, you know, like, going back to things. Um, I struggle with it. All the Trails fans uh, in the Gamers in Discord will will say, like, yeah, Ryan's really bad at uh, at saying he's going to play something and finishing it. So... Those are two really great options, especially with the Sony Marvel stuff. That's uh, man, oh, I don't know. But, you know what's uh, going to yeah. happen? What this is this is what I call is going to happen. All right, uh, you're going to end up doing the Betrayal at Crondor one, sure. And because it's a you have a calendar year to do it, you're gonna you're gonna start it up at one point. I don't know in the spring or something. And and you'll be like, huh, this doesn't really hold up that well. You'll play a little bit and you'll be like, it's good that I have the entire year to play this. Um, and then you will turn it off and uh, I will check in occasionally throughout the year. It, it We'll get to like October um, and uh, Nintendo will release their Switch 2 or something. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna come up with a bunch of unannounced games that you're super excited to play, 
And I'll be like, geez, Ryan, it would be nice for you to get to those after you finish Betrayal of Crondor. And then, then you will be down to the wire in December, hustling through Betrayal of Crondor, and you will ask me if if you can take the Christmas holidays to finish it. And we'll have to have a big conversation if that's acceptable or not. We should probably have a, a, an end date. I guess the end date is December 31st. So, I mean, it would it would likely be acceptable. But that's what I anticipate. I anticipate you being like, oh, I got all year. Yeah. No, that, that, uh, that's a solid prediction. So uh, we'll have a straw poll available for folks to uh, cast their vote. They'll have two weeks and we'll announce the challenge for Ryan on our next episode. Uh, and I will have three challenges for Crofton to choose from yes. and he'll be able to veto. I Are we locking in the fact that your choice is going to the to the listeners or or is that left up to you? I don't. I don't know how this what works. What do you mean? I just veto. I get to veto one, and then they'll vote on that. They'll vote of the two remaining. If is that what you want to do? Like, I, it kind of felt like well, that, that was like a choice. I I feel like giving it to the listeners, but no, no, no. You're giving you you vetoed one though, right? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll be. I get to veto one too. Yes, you I do. veto. So I veto. Uh, they'll they'll. It's a binary choice between two. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm same, same deal for me, binary, binary choice between two. And, uh, I have to veto one of the three that you present to me next episode, which I'm already looking forward, uh, <laughs> to, to hearing. It's like one, be nice to the core podcast. I'm like, God damn no. it. Um, no, but, actually, that might be know, a good one. But, Never uh, thought about yeah. it. Uh, yeah, you know, it's fun. It's fun to think about. And honestly, I oh, just came up. I just thought of one. I got to write I know, this down so I don't forget. I, <laughs> I, I, I know that's the problem. And I, I came up with this idea like late yesterday and I was like, I really need to think of good ones for Ryan. And I didn't have enough time really to, to flesh it out entirely, but I guarantee there's other ones that, that would have been, you know, that are going to come to me after, but you know what? I'll save them for another time. We can, if if it's popular, we can reinstill, reinsert, re resuscitate the uh, dungeons uh, and daddy, uh, diaper, <laughs> dungeons and diapers <laughs> challenge. I'm all messed up. I'm so excited. You're just so excited for the future content we're going to be pr- producing here. So excited! Uh, so excited! All right, let's head into the dungeons because we are going to talk about a whole host of more fun things before we get to our topic which we didn't even mention our topic uh today yeah. uh, for the diapers is going to be food and the frustrating moments that come with uh trying to feed your kids uh and pack lunches and uh, make breakfast and all that fun stuff uh but before we get to that let's check in on the dungeons um i was curious i wanted to quickly start off with you know holidays sales all that fun stuff going on. I'm curious, what video games did you uh, open from under the tree? Did you pick up for yourself with all the sales? Like, I know you're a little bit more, you know, uh, controlled when it comes to picking up games. You like, you know what you're capable of finishing and you're happy to let stuff sit and, and not pick it up right away. Did you, um, did you happen to get some games over Christmas? I just, I just uh, remembered one that I, I did buy because I was about to say I bought no games, uh, but I, I ended up buying one like just before Christmas, which I'll talk about. 
in a sec, I'll, I'll end with that one. But uh, I did. So my birthday is December 31st. So I always get the, the double whammy of, of birthday gifts and Christmas gifts. People like buying me games because they know I like them. And uh, that's one of the things about like hard copy games. And, you know, people want to see you unwrap things or buy something that they can sell you, you know, uh, sell you, give you. Like my mom wants to buy me a video game. And that's what she wants to do. And so when it's not available for physical purchase, like that's, that's, um, you know, something that, uh, that is, is kind of sucks for gift givers. And it's not something that I had really given that much thought to before, but as the world gets more and more digital, it definitely, uh, jumped in my mind. Also some of the games that I most wanted, like I, I want this game as guards wrath Two for the, uh, quest Two, but it's like, it is a digital game. Um, that you buy on the, you know, on the quest Two store. And it's, it's complicated for somebody to gift that to you per se. Right. So, uh, I did not, I do not have that one, but, uh, I got, uh, the resident evil four remake for mm. PlayStation five. I got, um, final fantasy 16 for PlayStation five. And I got Jedi, uh, survivor for, um, that's what it's called, right? Jedi. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the second uh, one. Yeah, for, for PlayStation Five as well. So three PS Five games. Uh, people bought them, said they were easier to find them than X, the Xbox versions. Because I'd uh, I'd said like it doesn't matter which version you get me, but but they all they said it was easier to find them the hard copy PlayStation versions of those games. So it's really awesome to have like these three great games to sink you know my teeth into at one point, but like. I I I haven't started one of them uh, because um, I've been playing uh, Baldur's Gate three, uh, which uh, I'm committed to sort of seeing to the to the end before I uh, you know take the shrink wrap off these because honestly, like I've listened to some preview shows of games coming out this year and it looks like it's going to be a pretty dry year for games, and so I should not be in a rush to like plow through some of these great ones that I missed last year. So I'm lo really looking forward to getting into those games. The one that I'll talk about in a second, the one that I did buy was actually a VR game called Dungeons of Eternity. It's a co-op VR game. I'll talk about it a little more uh, later, but I got it. You know, they give you a credit sometimes, Meta does, and I think there was a sale and I was able to get it a little less expensive. And because it was like a VR game, I felt like it was a different thing than all these other games that people were giving me. I knew there was no chance somebody would give it to me as a gift, for instance. Um, how about you? Oh, and the last thing is that Santa gave our entire family Pikmin 4. Uh, and uh, Gwen has been mostly monopolizing that, so I haven't played much of it, but she really likes it. She talked about it last uh, last episode in great detail. Mm -hmm. Ryan, what about you? Did you get anything? Yeah, so I uh, I got Final Fantasy 16 from Ashley's parents. Uh, my father-in-law, when I opened it, he <laughs> he joked like, have fun playing that 10 minutes at a time, and I'm like, yep, yeah, thank you, yep. Uh, he was making the joke because the kids were running around like crazy. Um, oh, right, right. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm going to wait till they go to sleep. And I, I thought was, he was uh, talking about the Final Fantasy cutscenes. Yeah, oh, well, you know what? That would be, that would also, I never even thought about that. That would work, that would work, but uh, he wouldn't know. Um, yeah. He wouldn't know that. Uh, but uh, it was funny because the kids saw me open it 
because we were at um, Ashley's parents and and there was only a couple gifts for everybody to open. And I opened it and they're like, oh, can we play that game with you? Because we've been playing more video games together. I'm like, no, it's rated M for mature. It's got swearing. And they're like, well, we've heard swear words before. And I'm like, yeah, but like it's M for mature. There's violence. There's there's partial nudity. Uh, so, you know, and the kids are like, well, OK, we'll play something else. So we wanted full nudity. Um, <laughs> why? Why? Uh- do you know if, and I'm just thinking about this now, there's been other Final Fantasy games that have been rated M for Mature? No, this is the first one. This is the first one. That's so crazy. I never thought about that before. My understanding is fairly tame. Like, it's 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 not anything, you know, it's not Baldur's Gate. It's not. Yeah. But no, I, I believe this is the first M for Mature. Like, I think Teen was sort of like their high end. Um. But yeah, this is their first M. I mean, it is a mature story. I I always associated Final Fantasy as a T sort of teen, like even on the the lower end of T for teen, uh, just just always um, like almost even targeted to teenagers and stuff. So it is interesting. I noted the M very briefly in passing when I opened it. I didn't realize it was an M rated game until I opened it, and I was like, ah, that is so strange. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's cool. So we both got Final Fantasy 16. So that mm-hmm. means that, you know, if we could coordinate when we start that game, like we could be kind of like exchanging notes and stuff. We should. I, I think that would be very helpful for uh, to keep me on track with that game because I know it's uh, it's big. Um, I also uh, got Jedi Survivor, although that one, I it was on sale uh, for Black Friday, so I said to Ashley, like, oh, I'd like this one for Christmas, and you know, I I ordered it. Uh, our Chris, our Christmas between each other was more like, you know, just smaller gift, like smaller things, not not no, not a lot of surprises. Although right. Ashley had lots of stuff to surprise me with, so like, I need to up my uh, yeah, my Christmas like, game. It's one of those like, no, look, we're not going to do gifts, honey. No, like, yeah, you're no. like, oh, oh, that's good. And she's like, I got you all this stuff. You're like, well, what'd you get me? And you're like, I thought we said no gifts. But yeah. <laughs> well, it's not no gifts. Like I did. Obviously, we did get some gifts for each other. But it was interesting because um, after I had purchased it and it was it was in the shrink wrap and here, I noticed it was further on sale on the Xbox store. So I said to Ashley, I was like, I'm going to I, like I'm going to return this and just buy it on the Xbox store because it was like $15 cheaper from the Black Friday sale. And she's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I got other stuff for you. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, you asked for the list. Like, this was on the list. So uh, I ended up picking that one up on sale. Uh, I got um, Metroid Prime Remastered. That was the one that I got for Christmas from Ashley. So uh, I, I'm really looking forward to uh, to diving into that one. Um, and, uh, what else was there? There's, uh, oh, in the last of us part one, uh, we're doing a, we're doing a game club, uh, for the gamers in. So I picked that one up while it was on sale as well. So it's so, funny because yeah. like I, uh, I, now that I have a PS five, I used to joke about that all the time. That, that remake it's the most unnecessary remake I know. of all time. But I, I will say that, um, that I never played, like I played The Last of Us when it came out on PS3, the end of the cycle, and they did a nice remastering of it on PS4. Uh, And I know for a long time it was like dirt cheap, like especially in the lead up to Uncharted 4 or whatever, you could just get it for like five bucks or 10 bucks or something. But I never got it. 
I never played the remaster, so I've still never played it since the PS3 version. And uh, I, as we all know, I have a shrink wrap copy of The Last of Us Part Two that I have yet to play. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that I'm mentally up for for playing um, the The Last of Us for a long time. It was like the pandemic, and I was just like, oh, I think I I think I could could do it now. So maybe I should I should start keeping an eye for sales on this uh, this Part One. You know, like, yeah, uh, it's not it's not like the Xbox where I could just stick in my PS3 disc and it would magically work. Um, no, but um, I also like I, I do this every year. I, I put a bunch of games on my list. I see a bunch of games on sale. Um, there was also a sale uh, for Alan Wake 2 on the Epic Game Store. And uh, I know Jocelyn and I are looking to play that one in January. So um, I picked that one up as well. And uh, as you said, like it's it's a quieter year. I I feel like uh, I feel like these are gonna you know tie me over, especially if Suicide Squad is really as bad as people say. Like, I have you um have you played Alan Wake one recently? Not recently. I played both uh, Alan Wake and the sort of like mini expansion they released. Uh, you know, around yeah. look, when they came out, and I really enjoyed it. So. Um, like when when they wait you played alan wake when it came out and haven't played it since i have not played it since no okay so i'm replaying it now i won't talk about it i'm near at the very end i've been playing it on steam deck which instantly plays really well on steam deck the the xbox 360 era games because the pc versions are often banged like quite quite nice and it it just they hold it holds up really well gets good battery life or whatever um, I'm at the very end of Alan Wake One, which I've enjoyed a lot more than I thought that I would. Um, like it's just really uh, the story is good, the voice acting is just horrible, especially after um, you know it just being spoiled with games like Spider-Man Two and Baldur's Gate to jump into like a game of this generation. You'd notice the difference, although Alan and some of the others are are, are decent, but like like there's some. There's some characters that are so bad, especially uh, one in particular early on where I was just like, oh, my God, I don't know if I can play this. But the story, I thought I remembered it. And uh, I thought like I kind of remembered the ending, and stuff, but I did not remember it. I really didn't. And so if anybody is jumping into Alan Wake 2 and is just like, oh, yeah, I played Alan Wake 1, I would strongly suggest getting refreshed on the story. And there's multiple ways to do that. Obviously, there's a remastered version that's, I think, on the Epic Game Store or whatever. I'm playing the OG Steam version, which is still looks awesome. Uh, Fortnite, of all places, released like a whole Alan Wake island, which allows you to play like the the story of Alan Wake in 40 minutes or something like that. Uh, so you can do that. Or you can watch a YouTube video or something like that. But I, man, it is heavy story. And I would say that like there's a lot of side characters I'd entirely forgotten about. And um, many, some that I, you know, I would not be surprised if they returned. I Some I would like to see return based on based on having replayed it so i would just say if you're gonna dig into alan wake too like try to try to get a refresher on alan wake when i've seen some screenshots from alan wake 2 where they've wholesale recreated some areas from alan wake 1 and there's that that's kind of cool too like going back to the same area in a game with better graphics and stuff but yeah anyway it's good yeah, I I did, and that was the other thing. If you bought Alan Wake Two on the Epic Game Store, they gave you a remastered for free. So, I um, for quality, I don't know. Like I might boot it up. Up, but it up. We'll see. Uh, 
I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, racer uh, in the middle of our podcast sent a message in the dungeons and diapers discord chat that says that they've been up to shenanigans with me on core. And uh-huh. so uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I am uh, literally dying to figure out what, what sort of, well, we have like another hour here. So, and they have another three hours. They have plenty of time to, they pro- probably do. They better be up to, to good stuff and not trying to beef with me. I'm trying to set that aside in the new year, but you know, if they dig it up, then there's nothing I can do about that. Um, so, uh, what was I going to say about, uh, so yeah, I just, uh, just, uh, um, like just, if you give me a second on dungeons of eternity here, I was hoping to. Sure. Yeah. To, yeah. To, I've, yeah. Go ahead. You know, so Dungeons of Eternity, uh, like, so the VR, first off, like, I haven't used my VR headset for a while. Have you Have you used yours recently? Uh, yeah, I played uh, Arizona Sunshine 2 uh, right. late last year, yep. Did, you, did they do, um, like, did they change, like, the way that it, it reads your presence? Like, I used to have to draw a big thing, and now it feels like there's just a circle around me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they, like, um, I think they, like, save... They save presences, but like I think it defaults yeah. to stationary if it doesn't have a presence there. It just asks you to sit down or something. Oh man, it's just so fast now, which I love so much because like I've had some lunch hours where I've come down, I put on my headset, I power it on. Like it used to be, Ryan, that I had to set up all these sensors and be sure they were aligned and it was a giant thing and blah, 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 blah. But now it's like I can jump into VR and so quickly. Uh, I have the Quest 2 with the head strap too, which makes it, I, I can't say enough good things about that in the battery battery pack. But anyway, uh, I've been getting back into the VR headset over the Christmas break. I have more energy, obviously, because I'm on vacation. So I don't, I'm more likely to do it. And one of the games I've been tempted by was this game called Dungeons of Eternity. And Dungeons of Eternity is um, similar to that uh, that sort of dwarven mining game that was kind of all the rage a, a while ago. Uh, what's it called? Jeez, it's like a sci-fi dwarven mining game. The name eludes me right now. But anyway, uh, it, it, you, it's a three-player game in which that up to three players in which that you have like a hub sort of world where it's like a training area and a map table in the middle and all of this in your own little room where you can dress your guy and then you go on missions um, and uh, dungeon runs essentially. Um, and uh, in those dungeon runs, you like acquire item, you know, like they, they, they unfold in a certain similar fashion and you, you get loot and then you're able to buy better stuff. You can acquire blueprints for different weapons and different things and all of this. And so it is a, uh, really really fun just to do it solo to but with friends it's amazing and Bo and I uh have played it a couple of times together and it is so so fun um the way by default before you get any other weapons you start with kind of like you've got like a throwing axe a la Kratos's leviathan axe that you can throw and like yank back and stuff like that on one side you've got kind of a a sword that you can swing around and beat guys with with the other side and then you got a bow and arrow that you can pull out and shoot arrows with and uh and like unlike video games that limit you to just like you press a button and you can only do this sort of thing you can do 
anything with these weapons. So like you want to throw your sword at the dude's head, knock yourself out. You know, like if you want to bang your sword and your axe together and make sparks or make loud noises, that's great. You know, uh, if you want to try to whack somebody with your bow, go ahead. You know, like you can essentially you're in the world, right? Like that's what's so great about VR games. And you go through like sort of room by room it's a little bit like, I guess, if any roguelike, you know, like Hades, I think of this too. You clear a room, you move into the next room. There's There might be like loot boxes. There might be special rooms that have stuff. You find keys, you open chests. At the end, generally, there's a boss or a special thing that you have to do. Uh, you can. You, there's also like tr- mechanisms for like climbing chains and, and, and finding different things. Um, Bo and I the other day... We thought we'd seen not everything the game had to offer, but a lot of it. And then we got to a dark area and we realized, oh, man, I can't see anything down there. And uh, so we we must have to come back here. And then I noticed that you could take a torch off the wall. And so I was like the torch carrier. I had the torch in my hand. And Bo was like with his bow and arrow was like standing next to me. And I'm like holding up the torch. You can only see a few feet ahead of ahead of you i'm like waving the torch and bo's arachnophobic and there's big spiders in this game from time to time and like you know we hear a scattering of this of a spider we know it's out there in the dark and he can't see it and he's like where's the spider and i'm like moving the torch around and trying to trying to you know show it's it's just like really really fun all the stuff that you would imagine about like you know doing these dungeon runs with with your buddies and stuff so really really fun and the last thing i'd say about it and this is something about vr in general that I've, I've been thinking about lately, which is that VR is interesting in that when you play a regular video game, you are inhabiting the body of a protagonist that is generally fit and skilled. So when I play as Kratos, Kratos is jacked in really good shape and knows how to use his weapons. All I have to do is press the buttons and he will use them the way that I want him to use them. But he himself is very good at using them. A good example of this is when I played the Resident Evil uh, remake. Uh, No, excuse me, the Resident Evil VR. The original version was ported to VR. It's really good. I talked about it on the show before. But but in, in Resident Evil 4, Leon Kennedy is a special agent, super well-trained. When he's got to reload his gun, he just he taps a button. He's good to go. Shoot, 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 right? He's he's an awesome special forces dude. He can roundhouse kick people in the face. But when you are playing in VR, you are limited by your ability. And sometimes the game developers like like to make things like not be mean to you but to make it more immersive in the resident evil vr game to load the gun each gun loads differently you've got to like eject the clip put a new clip in click a button you know uh, um all of that sort of stuff for the shotgun it's different for the magnum you put the bullets in you flip it up like ryan talked about in arizona sunshine um you can suck at that right like you're not a, an elite beat agent for for lack of a better term and but what i will say is that when you do something awesome in vr it is the most awesome because you did it right and like in dungeons of eternity there's countless moments where i will jump off a ledge and like there is a jump button and i'll jump off a ledge and i'll take an axe from a throwing axe from my belt and i will throw it into a skeleton's head 
and there's no auto aim. It's like I am throwing it at that skeleton's head while I'm in midair and it nails off that skeleton's head. And then I land on the ground and I summon the axe back to me. I spin around and I use it and I slop off another skeleton's head. Then a third skeleton swinging his sword downwards at me and I use the axe. I bring it back and I block his blow. I pull the sword from my other, you know, my quiver or my, my, my holster or whatever. And I stab the other skeleton in the head and he goes down as well. And it's awesome. And I'm like sweating off afterwards because obviously I'm not in the best of shape, but I did all that at the beginning. I sucked. Now I'm better because I'm literally better at playing the game. I'm better at shooting arrows and aiming and knowing the distance that they go. And so, yeah, it sucks that you're not playing as, all-powerful super character, but it's also super fun when you do something awesome because it was you who did it. And uh, and that's one thing. That's like a magical thing about BR that I think gets under undervalued. It's it's like it's where you feel the you know feel the best. Like it's it's when you've done something, you've moved the swords moved exactly the way that your hand is moved. And you have done something cool in the right time and all of that. So yeah, Dungeons of Eternity, a great game. I would say that it's like, like what's great about it too is that it's not that expensive. Um, it's like 30, 40 bucks. You know, again, I got it on on, on some sale. I think that like you, you wouldn't get so much mile, mileage out of it if you played just by yourself. But playing with someone else in VR is super great. You hear them like they're in the room next to you. You can make like obscene gestures at them and different things, uh, which I did a plenty. So really good. Our streams are up online on Bo's uh, Twitter, uh, Twitch, sorry, Twitch account, twitch.tv slash Bo Schwartz. We, our Dungeons of Eternity run is there. And if people are interested in seeing it, it's funny because like, it's one of those things that you say, hey, watch this. And then people look at it and they're like, that just looks like a janky video game. I'm like, yes, but you're not <laughs> in You're not in the world with me. You know, like you're just looking at an image of it or whatever. So, yeah, no, it looks really interesting. And I know that uh, Meta will send out like, I, I get one at least once a month of like, hey, 30% off. And I think it's because I haven't, bought anything in a while and they know i just turned the headset on um because i did get a, a code for arizona sunshine but um i'm looking at this one like yeah you're right like it looks like a game that you'd want to play uh as a as a party but uh yeah it looks fun and you're right it's appropriately priced it's like the budget pricing for vr games at 35 dollars canadian so like that's not too bad that's pretty good in terms of pricing so uh that's really cool. Um, I mean, like moving ab- away from video games a little bit here, uh, I did want to provide an update on um, reading. I got a book over the holidays. I went to the library. The library said, hey, that book you reserved in September, The Last Devil to Die, the fourth uh, Thursday Murder Club book that came out this year, uh, it's available. So I went and got it. I I enjoyed my holidays. I relaxed so much that I ended up finishing it in about four or five days. It was it was a very quick read. Um, those books are just so good, and I just I needed to be able to just sit on my reading chair with the light on, little light on beside me, and the dog in my lap, and just kind of like hang out and read this book. And it was such a such a good relaxing experience, and it was such a good book too. And um, I did get some. Uh, some recommendations from the listeners in in the discord. So I I got a couple of, a couple more books 
that I'm working on right now. So, yeah. I will say that with books and like TV shows and movies, it's always, you know, if you get through that first book, like, you know, and you, you get of a series and you get the introduction of the characters done and all of this, it's so much easier to jump into the next ones. Cause you're just like, okay, I, I know these people, I know where they are. I know what they're doing. I find that makes it so, so much easier. And they, you know, like when I first told you about, I think the Thursday murder club, I, I presented to you as in the same vein as like only murders in the building, sort of like cozy murder type investigation. And th- there's something about that genre in general that I find is just really enjoyable and and is like when when you want that break and you just want like that time to yourself it really fits in nicely so i am glad to hear that it was it was good and that you enjoyed it yeah no i think you're right you know it being the fourth book i think really uh helps read and and you know the the book i've got now on uh the suggestion of uh korath in the discord is i think it's the uh the kaiju preservation society um and like i'm so out of tune with books that i i have like solely been dependent on recommendations uh from folks um yourself and and the listeners in the discord and and other friends as well so it's been very helpful and i i do i do really enjoy reading and i find that uh, there was a gap there between uh the summer and uh this fourth book here uh so it'd been it'd been some time since i since I finished a book, but um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. One thing I give you credit for and why it was difficult coming up with challenges for you a little bit is that you do, you will do these things. Like you will be like, I'm going to read books. And like when I told you about the Thursday murder club, my first thought was like, he's never going to read this. <laughs> like he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him about it and whatever, but you didn't read it. And then you liked it. And now you've read more of it than I have. And like, so, I mean, I think that's what's great about you is that you'll like listen to people's feedback and you'll say like, Hey, yeah, I will check this out and give it a chance or whatever. And so, so, I mean, it makes it harder to challenge you, but it, it it's a good quality to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, like, I think that, reading is a thing that I always enjoy doing, but like other stuff sort of took over like video games, movies, TV shows. There's only so much, you know, time in the day as there well as is. working and kids and stuff. So, you know, uh, our downtime is sort of taken up by a lot of stuff. So, um, the Thursday murder club books still awesome. The fourth one's great. Uh, I know they're, t- he's taken a bit of a break. Uh, he's got another book he's working on, but he, he did say he's working on more and there's still that movie. So, um, yeah, Thursday murder club, still a threat. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I, I, like, I do intend to, like, I haven't read the third book or the fourth book and I intend to, to read them both. I feel like I should read a book that's not the Thursday murder club just to be like, I'm, I read, but, uh, cause you <laughs> could, you can legitimately say that where I can pretty much say, I, read we should do a book club. Book. We should do a book club. You should pick up a uh, Kaiju preservation society. Let's do it together. All I know is that if someone was challenging me, uh, that would be something that would be like, oh, geez, put me out of my comfort zone. That's for sure. Because as you say, there's only so much time in the day. And I've been using the Steam Deck better, like to to be like, oh, I can just play this game or whatever. Like I wouldn't have played the original Alan Wake, I don't think, if it hadn't fit on the Steam Deck, right? Yeah. I might have read a book or gone on Twitter. Yeah, I don't recommend going on Twitter. It's 
it's oh, not man, it ha- right it's gone really downhill. Like it's just like it's very striking now for me. Like when I go on, like holy moly, how it's fallen apart. But uh, you know what? One of my challenges should be it's it's Crofton uh, uses Mastodon seriously for a whole year. I think that oh, might be. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> for a whole year uh yeah anyway writing that but, down by the way <laughs> yeah yeah no, no you should you should think about you and you have the advantage because you i can know call, i do you can call out to the listeners too you could be like oh i never you, thought about that you could just say like hey what's what's up i guarantee you somebody's gonna have something oh yeah excruciating they're gonna whirlwind is going to offer the uh, perfect challenge yeah and uh I, I know, like, look, we're an hour into the show. He's already thought of the challenge. He's probably already put it in the Discord. Now he's listening to this, and he's like, he's, he, Ryan's right. I just presented the I did present challenge. Yeah. Well, see, he's another guy who challenged him. Didn't he do a year of, like, not buying games or something? Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, that sounds so, like hell on earth, by the way. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, that was – that would be, for example, too big a thing that I would. Yeah, yeah, I would never do that though. Yeah, yeah, like I'm like Ryan, so I know you would have vetoed it right away or whatever. So, oh yeah, like, I would have had you, to. Yeah, you would have missed out on all that content. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, speaking no, of I, content, yeah, I do want to read that Murder Club book anyway. Yeah, well, uh, how's the uh, how's the Baldur's Gate three work going with Bo and crew? Or, uh, or, we're doing it on Sundays, and honestly, we almost got caught up. We're almost caught up to where I was in the single player game, uh, and so I, you know, we've done far less. But uh, I'm, I'm, um, I, I like, I'm just amazed at that game because I've restarted my campaign. Not restarted. Like I, I've uh, gotten back into my single player game too. So I'm just like, I think I'm in the ending showdown of Act Two. Uh, which is very like lots of spectacle and lots of stuff. But it was just very interesting because um, with, with the boys, I, we entered act two a different way than we entered it. uh, Then I entered it in my game. And I don't know, like I did, I don't know why I expected it to not be that big a deal. Like I knew where the safe haven was and I was going to go right to that. But what ended up happening was completely different. And I, it was so different that I couldn't believe it. And um, so much like I have seen so much with them that I didn't see in my game. And I thought it was fairly completionist in my game, you know, Uh, and it's just crazy. And I'm just, I continue to be, absolutely flabbergasted by the amount of work that went into this game. Ryan, let me give, let me give you a concrete example. Okay. There is a character. I'm going to shy away from spoilers. This is just like high level context. There is a character that is in an, in a sleep and they're cursed and they're like cursed to sleep or whatever. And there's a person next to them uh, at their bedside or whatever. And you talk, you can talk to the person and get all sorts of information from them. And um, they will say to you, like you can ask them, did they did they have anything on them uh, And it, when they fell asleep? And, and they'll say, well, yes, they had this letter here. You can have it. And they'll give you this letter, uh, which is part of the clue to figuring out how they got cursed and all of this sort of thing, right? Now, in a single player game, you control the whole party. So you can just get that letter 
And like you could talk to them, talk to the person, get the letter, move about your business. Like they gave you the letter, you know, it, whatever. I'm playing in a multiplayer game. So I go talk to this lady and she gives me the letter. She tells me, oh, this person had this letter on them. Then Bo goes and talks to the same person. And I'm watching the scene where Bo's talking to her. And he asks her, did the person have anything on her? And the, the woman says, oh, yes, she had a letter, but I don't have it anymore. I gave it to someone else. And so that exchange is entirely voice acted. Like, I, I don't have the letter anymore. I gave it to someone else. Because she recognizes that she gave it to another character. Now, the other character, if you were playing single player, would be another member of your party. Like, you would never possibly get that voice acting. They did voice acting of that minutia for a scene where one of the characters in your party might get something before another character talks to them. And, like, that's just one scene. It's just crazy to me. Crazy the amount of, like, uh, thorough minu minutia that's in the game. The bespoke, crafted content everywhere you know like so anyway it's just such a fantastic game so i'm still i'm still going with it and uh like i it's my main single player game right now and my main multiplayer game i'm hoping to kind of like you know get into act three uh jesse wants to watch me play resident evil 4 remake we're trying to find the time to do that because she liked watching the original resident evil 4 so it hasn't happened yet but yeah it's great uh, great game uh, speaking of spookies, though, Ryan, I hear you've been uh, you've been engaging in some spookies. Uh, yeah, I've been playing uh, Dead Space Remake, which is a game that uh, came out around this time last year. Man, and yeah, time flies, eh? Uh, yeah, well, Fe feels like that game it. just came out. I know. Well, yeah, I mean, technically, if you're waiting for it to come to Game Pass, it did just come out it it came out uh, around halloween which again feels like forever ago uh but uh it did come to game pass uh my game pass uh is uh running out in a couple weeks and i i know that dead space remake was a game that i was like really uh eyeing for uh playing on game pass when it uh, eventually arrived because i knew it would because it's an ea game it was going to come to ea play at some point and by extension game yeah. pass ultimate um, so yeah, I, I, I am, uh, I think in chapter 11 right now, I'm kind of, you know, chipping away at it each day, you know, progressing a little bit further. It is also a scary game as you referenced. So I'm like playing it in chunks to kind of like not overwhelm myself. But the thing I really loved about the dead space games, similar to resident evil four is that yes, there are monsters, they're going to scare you. They're going to overwhelm you. Uh, but you never feel like the game doesn't give you the proper tools to deal with the situation. And Dead Space did such a great job taking all these unique weapons that you just are like similar to what you might use in other games, uh, but are different enough that that they have their own spin. Like they're all supposed to be weapons except for the literal machine gun that you get. Uh, so it's it's just it's just funny because you said you said so many things that could be like like um you know the 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 weapons in in Dead Space are all tools essentially and you're like 
you know, uh, what was it? Give it the give them their own spin. And I'm thinking of like the Ripper, which is like the 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 <laughs> the weapon that shoots spinning buzz saws. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And, and then, then there was something else you said where I'm like, oh yeah, that's uh it's very very, very apropos uh, because I also. Ryan, and this is hilarious because I think you're going to finish it, but I also started the Dead Space remake when it came to Game Pass in hopes of finishing it before my subscription elapsed, and I didn't make it. My subscription uh. lapsed. I made it halfway. through. I think you're further than I am in the game. I was sort of in the bridge area and all of that, and uh, when, when my subscription lapsed, and I had a big thought of like, should I get just one more month to finish this game or should I just like buy this full game? But in the end I dropped it halfway through because the pa- game pass lapsed. So I hope you make it to the end. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, very close. I think I'm heading into the last few chapters and uh, I wanted to chat about it on the show. Cause I know I do remember you saying you were, you were looking to play it and it, it is a look. I think that the best remakes that have been done regardless of genre have been Capcom's Resident Evil remakes. Um, And they just keep getting better in how they take a game that came out sometimes decades ago and, and makes them fresh and modern and dead space as a game only came out. I'm assuming 10, 15 years ago was like early 360. Um, 2008, I think. Yeah. And it still holds up. Like, I mean, it's, those are, that's a trilogy of games that did very well for themselves. Um, but I think where this remake really shines is it takes that original concept and it is a, it is a one-to-one remake. Uh, I think the only thing they add is some additional upgrades you can get that they've kind of scattered around, um, that you can unlock after doing a, a, a side quest, but they change some stuff like the, the way zero G works and uh, stuff, the the way that you could float around. Uh, like I remember it was much more like there were spots that you could jump to. It's, it's a bit, um, it, it, there is some stuff, but you're right. It is very true. It is a very true re like, like it is funny because it is a remake. It's a remake yeah. in that they're like, they've remade all the assets. It's not a remaster, but no. it is so similar to the original game that it is that it is difficult like drawing much of a delineation between the two you know but yeah. uh, that's I, interesting you know now that you mention it you're right like the first one did have sort of like jump points you always had to be like tethered to the wall but i think that the zero g i'm thinking of is something they introduced later on in the series maybe uh i do remember proper zero g exploration in, in some of those games um but uh, they definitely, they definitely, um, they definitely did a really great job. Like the sound design, the look and feel of the game, you know, it's a great remaster when you're playing it and you're like, this was all here in the original. Like, it's just how I remember it. But really, like they've, they've lovingly recrafted this game. Um, they also did the thing where, you know, similar to two and three of Dead Space, they gave Isaac like a personality and a voice and a, and a face model and stuff. Whereas the first one was completely like silent protagonist. Um, they've completely taken Isaac and given him that personality voice and face model. And they've rewritten all the dialogue so that it all works because previous it was, you know, Isaac would just grunt and scream whenever he stomped violently. Uh, but uh, 
in this they've they've redone all the dialogue so that your character is interacting with people and um it is just such a good vibe and honestly like if they if i know it was at one point they were looking to make a dead space movie but like a dead space movie would work so well in the right hands like the story's already there and i know like it's kind of like you know uh uh, not a ripoff but inspired by you know other horror films that have done it well like the thing and um what's the what's the space station one with sam neill uh yeah horizon yeah yeah event horizon oh event horizon yeah so i know those movies exist and and whatnot but i would love to see a proper dead space. I know it's a movie that has kind of entered development and exited multiple times, but uh, that remake is fantastic. Like, honestly, if you have played the original or missed out on the original, uh, the only downside is if you never played dead space before and you come into this remake, you're going to be left like wanting to play the second and third one, which is technically they're available even on game pass, like through EA play. Uh, but, um, I You're think just, that, yeah. like, I mean, I remember, I think the third one was um, a d- disappointment all around. It, it shoehorned co-op in. It did a bunch of stuff. I know that it was not as well received as the first two. The second one, though, is, I think, pretty much considered the pinnacle of the series. And I, honestly, I think that it would hold up pretty well. Like, if the first came out in 2008, it probably came out in 2010. Like, I mean, having just played Alan Wake on Steam Deck, like the original version, like, I, I can only imagine how well something like Dead Space 2 would hold up on Steam Deck. But you do have to figure that they are, like, I don't know what the sales numbers are, but they're for sure going to be remaking it. If they if they invested, like, one of the reasons the, the Capcom Resident Evil remakes have been so successful, as you mentioned, is that they have they have kind of mastered this RE engine, like this engine that they use to build both the new Resident Evils and the remakes. It's just like they can pump them out because they have a, a really high performing, high graphical fidelity engine. Well, now, like whatever they used to make in Dead Space, it feels to me that they could just make Dead Space 2 fairly or like do the same thing to Dead Space 2. It would not surprise me if like this time next year, like next year, we were already playing at Dead Space 2, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. Like, I think the Dead Space remake did very well for EA. And um, that was the other thing we didn't talk about it. But uh, the other game that came out shortly before Dead Space remake was the Callisto Protocol, which was. Um, uh, made by the original uh, team, or not the original team, but the original creator or director from Dead Space. And man, the Callisto Protocol is not great. <laughs> it is not good uh, in yeah, comparison yeah. to Dead Space. No, it's just, it's missing, it's missing that, uh, for me anyways, it's missing that balance um, in terms of combat. And it's got this like wonky approach to like melee combat where it kind of feels a bit like punch out as you're like trying to parry and counter the, you know, not necromorphs, but clearly necromorphs attacking you. Like not only does it feel like a, just a, an imitation of dead space. Um, but it, but it also like, you know, uh, tries to lean into the melee. Like part of the, the greatness of dead space was the melee was like, a last ditch effort to not die. Um, 
clearly like like you could tell from your character just wildly swinging his weapon at an enemy to just like get that thing away from me uh, or stomping the ground violently just to try to like kill these monsters coming after you so they they tried to take that and turn it into a bit of like a mini game of like melee and it's just it's not fun i i i didn't enjoy it and shortly after i started playing dead space and i'm like ah yeah poor timing to have those released side by side because like look like dead space you're remaking it you've got a solid foundation there and i know Callisto protocol had to start from scratch but like uh, man it's kind of a bummer there's a world where that's totally reversed where dead space comes out as like a half-baked cash grab of like a previously excellent title but without the soul given to it by its original creators the original creators move on to make a dead space like that's exactly what it should be in the new version of it like it's just it's unfortunate that that's the you know fortunate unfortunate I'm almost like I, if you ask me, what would I prefer? A, a, a fantastic remake of a game that still holds up, or a new game that pays homage to that that is all you know fantastic? I'd say I'd want the new game, right? Like I love Dead Space, but I played a lot of the original Dead Space. Played Dead Space Two, played Dead Space Three. Um, you know, when my Game Pass subscription ran out, I was enjoying Dead Space, but it was just like it was fine. Like I like. I, I I really enjoyed the game, but it, it it is the same game that I played years ago. And while the plot is interesting, it's not like it is really boils down to being scared. Like yeah. you're on an abandoned ship. There's some stuff. There's a little bit of a mystery to solve as to why this pandemic sort of thing is broken out. There's aliens and scaries everywhere. Your wife is somewhere on the ship, possibly. You got a small crew a little bit of tension it's very you know it's very it's done well very cliche filled and stuff but yeah i like no i know to 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 poo poo dead space remake it's a it's a fun game but like i could have seen a world where the Callisto protocol was a banger you know and uh it's too bad that that's not the case yeah so i mean yeah i think Callisto protocol was part of playstation plus so I, i i didn't pay for it i just had it as part of the subscription so um and I and I think like I can you can look at both games and be like, well, it comes down to time. And for me, Dead Space remake gets the gets the nod. So um I I love I love that original series. Like you know, and even I think two is sort of like Dead Space Two is considered to be like, man, this is an like one of those classic sequels that is like just improvement on the original in such a fascinating way. And I think three kind of got a bit overburdened by ea's need for microtransactions and yes it was yeah. like it, it was like um the, the the reality was that this is when the time of costs to make games started sure. becoming a thing yeah. like games for resp- and, and and dead space one or two well they found their cult audience dead space one in particular came out in a year where ea was trying a bunch of stuff they had mirror's edge that came out that year they had i think they had one other title they had like three critical darlings that didn't sell mad copies you know and they were looking to find a way to monetize this more successfully and they tried to shoehorn stuff in and the third one it didn't work out the series ended up getting put on ice literally because it was on an ice planet um but i will i will say that um 
that uh, I'm glad to see that it's back. I think that it's built a, like a cachet with with people and, and gamers so that perhaps like it feels like single player games are there's a certain value to them now that like the the harsh previews of Suicide Squad, Justice League, whatever is, um, you know, that that was from a moment in time. And now that moment is past of these service live service games and uh the Dead Space 3 was at the beginning of that going into that world. And uh it's it's just funny. Like there's now now it's come full circle and we're back to valuing these high profile games. Um let's close the dungeons and step away there. There's there's a lot of stuff and I think a lot more uh to talk to talk about. I am excited again, you know, I've got the PlayStation 5 now. I'm able to play some of these games that I missed. There's games like the their Demon Souls remake I, I, that I'm I'm hoping to try at one point. So I hope this year I'll be able to, to talk about some of those things as well. Uh, looking forward to dipping into the Resident Evil 4 remake, which is funny because Resident Evil 4 inspired Dead Space. Like yeah. Dead Space's whole... Like Dead Space was a 360 game, which was like an HD game, but the original Resident Evil 4 was like an SD game on on um on on GameCube and stuff, you know? It's uh it's so funny. And now it's like like if people people are like both games were remade this year, and people are like, oh, Resident Evil 4. And I'm like, well, I mean I mean, Resident Evil 4 is an older game than Dead Space is, so uh, I'll be curious to check out that remake and see exactly what they did that that seems to be so special or so well received. Yeah, well, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what game you select next, and you'll have to let me know because if it's either Jedi Survivor or Final Fantasy 16, that might push me in a specific direction because I haven't decided what I want to focus on. I want to be more focused. Like I have this yeah. stack of games, and I want to like. I don't want to play a couple hours of each. I want to choose one and kind of like stick with it for a bit longer than that. You know, that's what I'm trying to do too, Ryan, because like, I feel like both Jedi survivor and final fantasy 16 are games. I got to sit down and play. Um, you know, they're my, they're my main games. Whereas uh, right now that is Baldur's gate three and uh, dungeons of eternity. I'm enjoying playing, but it's like sort of like a, you know, as any VR game, you play a little bit of it, you put it down or whatever. So I can do that at the same time. Resident Evil four. I could see myself starting up because it's one of those games that I played so many times, the original version that I feel like I could play a little bit of it. Jesse's watching. Oh, I'll do a, a level or two and then I'll go back to Baldur's gate. But Final Fantasy 16 and and um, Jedi feel like that like if I'm playing them I'm sitting down and playing them and it'll probably take me like two weeks or more each so we will we will see looking forward to it so the topic this week Ryan the f- first topic of the new year uh, well in the diaper section and we are talking this week about food uh, and everybody likes food except kids who don't like food except the one food that they do like. And so we are going to uh, talk a little bit about what our kids are eating, how we make them eat food, and like maybe get a little bit of a discussion going about like food tricks and food hacks that you might have um, for your kids. And I think this topic works well because I had an interesting kind of supper tonight, Ryan. Um, So I can lead this off and then maybe we can – we can talk about your general kids' preferences. So first off, for new listeners, first off, congratulations for making it this far. 
Secondly, uh, look, it's I no have, core. We have we are not in our fifth hour yet. So I have two kids. One Gwen is nine. The other yes. Clara is five. So that gives you an idea. Like they're both they're they're not like uh, eating applesauce anymore or whatever. They're eating food. They have different tastes and. In their defense, I think that they are less picky than I was as a kid. But we don't force them to like, you know, this eat this or or you get no food. Um, in fact, my wife is very lenient with that. I would maybe say too lenient. Uh, she doesn't listen. It's okay. Um, the idea being like she will make like three different meals sometimes uh, to accommodate people like. Gwen likes craft dinner, but Clara doesn't like craft dinner. But Clara likes cheesy nans, like nan breads with cheap melted cheese. So she'll do that for her. And then there'll be a meal for Jesse and I that'll be like stir fry. It'll be completely different because the kids won't eat that. So there's a lot of a lot of like negotiation when it comes to supper. And now we have requests, like kids ask for stuff, notably McDonald's. Uh and uh, my daughter, Gwen, asked for McDonald's tonight. We had said that we were going to get it on Friday. She really, really wanted it tonight. So we got McDonald's tonight. And we got Thai food for Jesse and I. So we got two different food orders, which is the world we're living in now. Because otherwise, I would be having McDonald's all the time. And that would drive me nuts. Um, we try not to order out too much. But like... Generally, there's a good chance every two weeks or so we're gonna we're gonna have a double meal like this. And so we were we were all happy. We had the Thai food and the McDonald's. But one thing that was interesting uh, at supper was that Gwen asked to try. We had I had a pad Thai and a yellow curry, and she asked to try both those things, which is good for her. And then she wanted me to try <laughs> her. Uh, she takes honey, which you dip the chicken nuggets from the Happy Meal in, and she pours ketchup in it and mixes oh. it up into her own special sauce. And she wanted me to try her special sauce, which, as Jesse points out, is the foundation of many barbecue sauces, honey yeah. and ketchup. But I was like, I don't want that. That's gross. And she pointed out to me that I am the one acting like the kids. Whereas the kids were like, where, where Gwen in particular was like, can I try your curry? Can I try these things? Um, so it is funny because I think in the long term, my kids are going to end up being more well-rounded eaters than I was, but it's still a point where right now we are trying to like find stuff that they will eat and have a diversity of foods and be sure they're getting stuff that's good for them at the same time. Ryan, you have three kids. That changes the variables entirely. Uh, what is like dinner and like getting stuff that everyone's going to eat like for you? Yeah, uh, it, it is. It is different with three kids for sure because you do have that. Yeah, there are definitely moments where it's like, you know, um, you're making multiple meals. But I think where Ashley and I have gotten really used to having um modular meals so for example spaghetti uh spaghetti sauce spaghetti meatballs garlic bread the kids will eat noodles with parmesan cheese on it but they don't want sauce and they'll want like a meatball to the side so they're eating like pieces of the meal we've prepped 
but whereas we're having the full meal. Um, another example is we had stir fry tonight. So um, we had stir fry, but the kids had, we'd like take a little bit of veggies out and they have plain rice, some chicken and veggies. And it's kind of like split up. They don't like combo food. Like they like it separated. So it makes it a little bit easier for us uh, to a certain degree. Um, but uh, breakfast is another one that they, they really like where you can, you can have like kind of whatever, like they really like pancakes. So when we make pancakes on, we always have pancakes on Saturday morning, but Ashley Sweet. always make a bunch, like a, like a huge batch so that we have some left over in the fridge because of course, Sunday or Monday, one of them is going to be like, yeah, I want pancakes. I'm like, well, you can have. Oh, you guys are genius. That's smart. My, I wish my kids like pancakes more. They, they actually are not big on, on pancakes, but no, that's a, that's a good trick. And I agree. The modular food thing is also like, we do that too. We've been starting to, you know, find out which, like, I'll give you an example of, of what we did recently. You know, the, um, uh, I, I, in the grocery store, sometimes like in the pasta section, there's these like, there's these like pre-made pastas with cheese in the middle. Like they're like tortellinis or something. I don't know what they're called. Um, yeah. And, and you can buy them in their plastic container. They're often in the meal section. Like they're, they're like soft. They're not dehydrated pasta. They're like actually like, and they got cheese in the middle. And so Clara will like that. Those like we cook them up. Clara will like those with Parmesan cheese and a little bit of butter or whatever. And she, she loves, she loves that. Gwen, uh, she doesn't want any sauce, but we we'll have like sauce on it, but sometimes we'll take like pesto and mix it in in ours. There'll be like pesto and cut up tomatoes and stuff in ours. It's very quick to make, but it's, it's the same thing. We just make the pasta once and then, and then Gwen has another variant of it. So again, it's like the same thing, but we find different ways to, to, to do it. We also mm-hmm. buy like cheese. There's these cheese pizzas. Like they're just like from farm boy. Like they have these. So what, what we end up doing is we'll take those two cheese pizzas and I'll put like extra toppings on each one. And like one Gwen likes pepperoni, but Clara just wants cheese. So I'll put half pepperoni on Gwen's side before I put it in the oven. For for Jesse and mine, I'll put all the fixings on ours and a little extra cheese on both. And then I pop them in, you know. So it is it is like finding hacks, if you will. Yeah. Like a lot of our dinners are have portions that the kids will eat because we don't want to cook multiple meals. When we do feel like having like our own meal, like we eat with the kids and I know it's ridiculously early and I'm going to trigger some folks that are listening, but uh, we eat dinner at five o'clock because that's when the kids eat. Oh, uh, that's uh, not, I, I expected you to eat like when you were doing the preamble, I was like, Oh yeah. man, it's going to be in the fours, but five o'clock. I mean, that's fine. Five o'clock. Yeah. And and when you have kids like five o'clock is, it, it surprises no one, but I know, I, I know when we had kids and people who didn't have kids, when we told them we eat at five, they thought we were crazy. And it's like, well, if we want our kids to go to bed on time, they need to eat dinner at five. Um, and we still struggle with that, even with people who had kids <laughs> uh, and they've all grown up. But occasionally, if Ashley and I want to have our own meal, like we'll um, we'll make a small dinner for the kids and then we'll order takeout for ourselves. Um, 
we don't usually get, uh, you know, we don't do, we don't do McDonald's. Like I'll, I'll take the kids to the play place at McDonald's and get them a donut or fries or something. But we don't do like fast food meals with the kids, and not that they wouldn't eat it, but you know they get that when they go to grandma's. But we don't we don't really do it here because you know you have three kids, it's it's expensive. But um, we'll do pizza. We'll do sometimes we'll do Chinese food. The kids will eat, you know. It goes back to that modular thing of like, what will you eat? Rice, chicken balls, you know, try some noodles, that sort of thing, veggies. So, but yeah, when Ashley and I want to eat out, we will cook. We will have like a separate meal or we'll get shish kebabs from the butcher and we'll have shish kebabs and the kids will have hot dogs or whatever. So it's funny how kids like just... Like, cause I, one of the things I I find is so interesting is how kids are enamored with bland, right? They don't they don't want they like they want it to be as bland as possible. Um, and so the sauces are also like which sauces tend to make almost everything better. That that there's a lot of flavor in sauces mixed together. You put could be a sauce from a fast food restaurant could be sauce on your pasta whatever kids don't generally like sauces like they're just like uh this is they want bland i i like those chicken nuggets the mcdonald's have like i mean not to dunk on chicken nuggets and if i would i would dunk them in regular honey but they they're they're like they're pretty bland they're fine but they're they're whatever they're bland and like i get these at at Golden Palace, which is a Chinese food restaurant near my house, I will get these sweet and sour chicken balls. And sometimes when we do the double meal, and Jesse and I get Golden Palace, and they get they get McDonald's, I will be eating essentially, for lack of a better term, a VIP chicken nugget next to Gwen, who's eating a bland chicken nugget, and. She is starting. I can see, like, she's still big on the the her 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 stuff, but she's asked to have some of my my chicken ball before, and I'm like, here, here you go. It's completely saucy. It's you know clearly also very bad for you, probably, but it's delicious. And she's starting, but she's nine. She's starting to be like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe dad's onto something here. Whereas Clara's just like, yuck. And she wants her, but she does like stuff like sticky rice and like bland, you know, stuff that doesn't have a strong, a strong taste. And I think the blander stuff is the more kids are into it, you know? And it's like, it's, it's not something I ever really clued into before, but they just don't like strong taste. Yeah, no, I've noticed that as well. Like, I think they, uh, yeah, a little bit. Like it's it's funny. Like our kids don't like the sauces on their food, but they like to control it. Like the dunking is a big thing. Like the chicken chunks we have that we take out of the we, that we don't put into the stir fryer. We give to the kids plain. They'll dump it in barbecue sauce. Like they're about the they're about the condiments, but only the specific ones. And I remember when I was a kid, like I was very, I was a very big uh, ketchup fan. Still am. You know, ketchup is my go-to condiment for like most, you know, hot dogs, hamburgers, that sort of thing. And yeah, like the kids, they just, they want, they have a very specific sort of go-to when it comes to meals. And you're right. Like ours is like, it's very bland. Like it's, everything's got to be separated. We have these like plates that have like one big section and then like three smaller sections above. And it's really handy because it allows you to kind of like place everything 
separately because of man, like if something touches something else, like a sauce on the wrong food, it's like, nope, can't eat it. Unacceptable. The soy sauce has touched the chicken. I know that's true. There's (laughs) like a, there's, and I'll be like, I can cut that piece with the sauce off, you know, like, or we can do this thing. And they're like, no, No, it's it's tainted. It's contaminated the whole thing, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, it's um it's it's very it's very interesting and I my biggest frustration with food is I'm a poor planner when it comes to cooking. I'm t- I'm not very good at cooking. I'm not very good at at making meals. Like I'll admit that. But sometimes like, you know, there there are days where Ashley works late and I'm home making dinner for all three kids and uh, Ashley's just better at it than I am at like not just making it but like getting the kids to tell you what they want and having that thing be truthful. So I'll ask the kids after a long day at school and a long day at work, I'll be like, okay, what do you want to eat? Cause I was going to make pizza or hot dogs. You want hot dogs? You want noodles? You want, what do you want? I'll make it. And they'll give me something. It'll give me an answer. I'm like, okay, perfect. I'm going to go make that. And and oftentimes I will end up making like two or three different things. Um, and I'll go to serve it and I'll call them up. I'll say, okay, everybody come up. We're going to eat. And then we got to go get mom at work. Uh, and they come up and they're like, well, that's not what I asked for. And I'm like, ah, come on, man. Like we had this conversation. Uh, and I, and I've had that happen to me a few times and that is, that is frustrating. But like, I think like it's, they end up, they end up like giving in like almost as if I'm like, okay, but well, you have to eat it. Cause in 15 minutes we got to go pile in the car and go pick up mom. It's like, okay, I'll eat this. But like, it's not what I asked for. <laughs> it's not, but see, that's, that's even not that bad because like, I think like we've all run into that. I'm not eating this. I'm not eating. And then it's like, there's this stalemate of like, okay, so you're not going to eat. And like, either I say like, fine, if you're not eating that, you don't get anything. And then they're like, fine, I'm not eating that. And then they walk away and then they're hungry and complain lately or later or worse yet have a friggin' meltdown. And, or you substitute it for something that they will eat and you give in, you know, and it's, it's, it is, it is those ultimatums with kids I find are, are really tough. And Jesse's point with me sometimes is that like, like, you know, they don't like that. Why, why would you give it to, why would you give her this? And I'm like, because I'm not making three meals. I'm making one meal and they can all eat it. And she's like, but you know, she's not going to eat it. So like, what are you doing? And so Mm -hmm. there's an argument to be made on my side, which is that like, they're never going to learn to eat other things if they aren't forced to at a certain point. And then there's an argument from her side being like, you're creating an issue that doesn't need to be created. If you would just make more of an effort to make additional meals uh, beyond, you know, like the, the thing. So for us, it can be a point of tension because Jesse and I have different philosophies and depending on who's making supper we're going to approach things differently i could see her check on me sometimes where she's like so what's clara gonna eat and i'll be like she's gonna have this and she's like yeah you know she's not gonna eat that and i'm like uh well that's what there is you know and so so i'm trying to be a little more respectful of the fact that Clara is a tough card player. She will not fold. She's like, uh, so, but, uh, but that said, I, I, you know, I find it frustrating because I do not like food costs a lot of money. We make these meals. We have a lot of leftovers and it's like, I'm not making for two. I'm making for four, you know, why aren't the other two eating? 
Yeah, I've definitely I've definitely been there where the, the same thing has happened to me. I'm like, okay, I'm making this. And I'm like, well, Izzy won't eat that. Usually happens when I have a modular meal that's like not going to have enough. So I kind of have to just like supplement a little bit more. Like I, I, Ashley has said like, well, you, you've only got two things for Izzy. Like that's not enough. She's going to be hungry later. And then, you know, we're going to have to deal with that. So I think... um I try to avoid the situation where you are going to end up having the, well, I'm not eating this and well, then you're not eating anything type thing. And it's, it's not like on purpose. Like oftentimes I will find myself in that situation where they're saying, well, I'm not eating that. Um, and then someone has to go make something. It's not the kid's fault. It is like you, it's usually my fault of like, ah, I guess I didn't make enough that they liked or I, I, you know, Ashley and I specifically wanted something. Um, but sometimes it comes around like, you know, we we had uh, we used to do taco Tuesday, like every Tuesday, but we make it with chicken instead of beef. And again, it allows us to have like, you know, chicken chunks for the kids separately. And then the kids like sort of like a I don't know, like a salad wrap with sour cream where it's just like everything but the meat in like a wrap uh, while we have tacos. So it's it's also about like leaning into like what the kids will eat. So we found like, well, the kids won't eat the tacos we make. But they'll eat like the soft shells with lettuce, cheese and sour cream with the chicken on the side with barbecue sauce. So like sometimes you just got to get creative and kind of lean into like the the ways that the kids will eat the food you make, you know, Um, and and acknowledging. And again, I'm guilty of this, like acknowledging sometimes like when you've had some I'm definitely guilty of this, like having having something too often. You know, like I'm a, I'm kind of person like if you said we're going to have pizza every other night for a month, I could do that. No problem. Caden uh, could do it as well. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would drive Ashley, the kids, the other kids mad. You know, like Izzy won't even eat pizza like on a good day. And Abby's like, yeah, not not keen on pizza. She's also lactose intolerant a little bit. So like it, it bugs her. Um, we do try to get the lactose uh, cheese when we make our own pizzas, but, um, yeah, like sometimes the kids just get sick of stuff, you know? So, you know, that's a good point though, Ryan, about that. Like sometimes there's a person that actually has like intolerances or, um, allergies that, uh, you know, makes, makes it sense that you even have less options because you have a family of five and if, if at least five, I've stopped counting at five. It's five. Um, but, uh, but like if they, if, if one person is like allergic to something, like say one of you is allergic to peanuts, it, peanuts are gone from everything, right? Like you can't have anything or sauce or whatever with peanuts. If somebody's intolerant to something, that's probably not going to be used in the meal. Like my wife is is intolerant to bananas, and so it, now bananas aren't necessarily something you would cook supper with per se. They are used in a lot of desserts and stuff, but, uh, but yeah, like she, that, you know, that's one thing that we know of lately. Claire has been talking about her tummy hurting after having ice cream and stuff. She might be lactose intolerant as well. Like those are things that then come into play. They're like, you already are managing everybody's menu order and now, and then you're managing everybody's sort of like attitude 
and you know i'm not eating this or this person's going to stand up for themselves or this person's going to roll over and then on top of that you're managing any sort of intolerances or allergies that they might have like it is it is a thankless job yeah no 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 you're right um that's and and it is so funny like i think there will be obviously a point like and look i was a picky eater as a kid and i know my parents like went above and beyond to make sure like there was something for me to eat even to the point where when we went elsewhere they would you know to to visit family and stuff they were you know they would work with that family much to that you know the extended family's like really he's got to have that um and you know now that i'm an adult it's kind of night and day like for example like uh thanksgiving dinner or christmas dinner um i wouldn't eat anything but meat on a bun with butter like that was my meal like no mashed potatoes no veggies no nothing like that's what i would eat so you know but my parents like uh, they they leaned into it and they made sure like i had something to eat but now i'm like i'll have all the fixings like to the point where i came back from university and and uh i would eat this stuff they were like shocked you know so i think like some of the and my kids don't have that. They haven't lean, they haven't formed that bad habit of only having like meat on a bun. On a bun. Uh, they'll kind of have like everything that's kind of served, veggies, fruit, all that stuff. But uh, I think when it comes to food with your kids, like you kind of have to take the wins and you, and you kind of just have to accept the losses as well. Like I think that uh, just, you have to roll with it, right? I, I agree. Uh, I do remember – like, cause yeah, it's, it's when we were kids or when I was a kid and my brothers were kids, um, there was just less available. Uh, you know, there's much more available now. I also live in the city. We lived in the country. Uh, my mom was from a certain generation. Uh, I, I remember like she had her like set meals and like, she was trying to make everybody happy. Um, but my brother Dev would just, all he wanted, all he would eat is pizza. Like that was it. Or like melted cheese on, you know, whatever. Like he wouldn't eat anything. Everything was yuck. And like my mom was big on like trying to make us eat food by putting shake and bake on everything, which was like like this pack that you could buy, shake and bake chicken or shake and bake pork chops or whatever. So a lot of that, Dev would be like, yuck, yuck, you know. And uh, and uh, finally my mom, because Dev was skinny too. Like he was pretty, like you could see his his um, ribs and stuff. Like he was just like really like he was, and he was just, you know, skinny in the way some kids were. He had enough to eat. It wasn't like he was impoverished or everything. He's just like, he was just really skinny. And I could tell my mom wanted to, him to eat more. So finally I remember to this day, cause I'm five years older than him. She like had a meltdown at the table where she was essentially like putting food in front of him. And he was like, no, I'm not going to eat it. I don't want it. And she, and like, you know, Nick and I are digging in or whatever. And my mom finally says, says, Deb, for the love of God, she's like, besides pizza, name one thing, just one thing that you will eat and I will make it. And I remember like, cause Nick and I are chewing and there's this pause, this silence for like, feels like an eternity. And then Deb says, I like tacos. And <laughs> my mom was like, 
Hallelujah. And like, this is, again, people have tacos a lot more now, but back then it was not really that common. There were old El Paso kits and different things. And my mom found them and we started having tacos, but it was funny. He'd had tacos at like his friend's house and she was just like, and then we started having tacos all the goddamn time. I was like, thanks a lot, Dev. It's like tacos all the time because that's the only goddamn thing you'll eat, you know, but it's, it is, all this to say the kids have always been a pain in the ass about food and that there's no solution that works for every kid. Um, and, and like, it's about finding like cheats and hacks and ways of making it work, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And no, hundred percent. Begging your children also. That was, uh, and be- yeah. just tell me for Christ's <laughs> sake. Like, yeah, no, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely a, a key part to the whole strategy. And, you know, um, we didn't get a chance to, to get feedback ahead of this episode, but I know when this gets posted to the feed, we're going to have people commiserating, uh, in the discord and having, you know, fun, uh, food stories with their kids or when they were kids. So, um, please let us know in the discord, uh, go to bit.ly slash TGI discord. You'll find the dungeons and diapers channel there to share, uh, your thoughts, but uh, but Crofton, I don't know about you. Like this is this is probably the one time where we're talking about food, and like on a podcast. And usually when you're talking about food, it's like, man, I'm hungry. But it's like I'm not hungry. Kind of stressed, you know? Yeah, I'm a little stressed. It is true. It's like I'm talking about food. <laughs> I'm I'm not hungry either. I'm like God. And when I think about food, yeah. Um, I will say that our listeners have a lot of homework to do true. after after this episode. So to repeat. The Dungeons and Diapers challenges have now started. Ryan is going to be thinking of three options next week to uh, next episode, rather, to present to me. Um, I have uh, presented three. He has vetoed one. He is down to two. We are going to be uh, doing a straw poll. Ryan, where's that poll going to be on the Discord? I guess I will. I I will basically uh, create a poll and I will link it and I will drop the link in the Discord and on Twitter. Uh, it'll be a central location for you to vote. So platform, uh, it's it's not dependent on any sort of platform. You'll just go okay. to one little website. Yeah, Great. That's fantastic. And you'll have to ch- choose between making them play an age 1993 uh, or 92 C RPG or make him watch all the piece of shit Marvel content that comes out. <laughs> Uh, this year what is the challenge that ryan will take upon himself and then next episode uh he will share with me the three options and i guess i like i mean i guess it's possible that you could send him ideas for that as well if you wanted to or maybe you just want to share us feedback about how you get your kids to eat goddamn food and um (laughs) You can do that too, because I would love to hear meal hacks, food that works for your kids, except yeah. if your kid's one of those stupid kids that eats everything <laughs> and loves it. And it's like, oh, my kid actually, you know, like, likes, uh, you know, uh, sushi and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't give a shit about that. I want to talk to, to, I want someone to help us with our real problems of kids that yeah, yeah. won't eat their goddamn bland food. So, um, so feel free 
to do that by emailing the show, dad at tgistudios.com. You can also, like we mentioned the Discord a few times, we have a Discord on the Gamers In Discord. So you go to the Gamers In Discord and within that there's a channel for Dungeons and Diapers and you can you can share your stuff in there. Uh, there's an active group in there. We super appreciate them. And follow us on Twitter uh, as well. You So Ryan's at R. Murphy if you just wanted to send him your, your challenges for Croft and you can go straight to him. I'm at Croft and Steers. Uh, and the show is at D&D Cast. We appreciate subs to the, the show's at Twitter slash X account as well. I would say, even though we only have two options for Ryan, if there is like, I leave myself a little bit of wiggle room because it hasn't been decided. If there is some sort of majestic, perfect challenge for Ryan that I am not thinking of that comes out of the ether between now and the next show, I, you know, I may submit it at the 11th hour and we'll have to, We'll have to talk about it, uh, but uh, but yeah, right now I'm committed to abiding by the straw poll. So please join us on Discord. Let's keep the conversation going, uh, and uh, you know that's going to do it for the first episode of Dungeons and Diapers of 2024. I am going to go and listen to the clip of likely my friend slagging me on his podcast, uh, and. Uh, and maybe I will have to reignite a beef in 2024 that I thought I had put to rest. We will see. But Ryan, you have a good week. And uh, I, listeners, I'll see you next week where there will be plenty more for us to discuss. Or two weeks. We're still doing two weeks. In two weeks. Two weeks. Yes. See you in two weeks, everybody. Bye, everybody. It's challenge time. We need a bumper. You're going to come back with some some bumper that's going to be Ryan's content of the week content of the week and I'll be like god damn it you're like look I'm reducing the amount that I'm saying it I just turned it into a bumper that's all it's true or every time you say it you have a button that you press and that it makes it even more epic like content alert you know I'm like god Ryan I should one of my challenges and I had it there was no more bumpers Ah, I realized I couldn't stand by that one Skeptical face. Like the goals, one goes six and one goes three, and like this boy right here, he's the only, Um, um, he's the only boy in this house. (laughs) Depending what you're thinking of, he's yeah. What are we talking about right now? Technically, yeah. Ryan is a dad, and like he's man. He's a man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 We're getting off topic here.